0: Welcome to the future, technologies and innovations that sculpt our industry. This session was recorded live at the 2023 National HVACR Education Conference. To learn more about Mydea, visit mydea.com. All right, Kyle Hunter from Mydea, thank you so much for joining us today. So, Let's talk a little bit about inverter technology, right? Inverter is one of my passions. We've spent a lot of time talking about, you know, incentives that will be coming way for contractors and homeowners, hopefully through things like IRA, in really investing in the electrification of America. So in that, as technicians, we have a lot to, to learn. We have a lot to understand, and in our educational programs, you know, many of us end up in training that really haven't dove into inverter technology a lot. And, uh, man, we've had a great conversation about, you know, inverters. So let's um, let's talk a little bit about operational conditions inside of an inverter. What's happening outside? We have a lot of thoughts, but let's talk about what's actually happening in our outdoor unit.
1: So the inverter is not a magic box. It's not something that you'd... you'd... You just have to accept what's going on and, and just go, oh, it's doing its job because the compressor's running. Well, what job is it doing? Yeah. And really, the inverter is just, it's a, an old term that a lot of people understand is a freak drive, a
0: frequency yeah. drive. Variable frequency. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's exactly what we're doing with an inverter is changing the frequency because on a... Uh, if you understand motor drives and how many poles or winding sets a motor has, mm-hmm. that that sets your speed of your motor. So yeah. if you have a, uh, a two-pole bathroom fan hooked to hooked to 60 hertz, it's going to run at a, set at a potentially speed. set speed of 3,600. Right. You have drag, you have load right. that will never reach 3,600, but that's the potential. That's the max, max. potential. Mm-hmm. And so what the inverter does is it takes that... 60 hertz, and it will just take it and modulate the speed. And on all the inverters, you have a three-phase motor hooked to a single-phase source. Mm -hmm. For the most part, residential, single-phase. Yeah, in residential applications. And so you have that um, single-phase source, you have only 60 hertz, you can take that sorry, 230 volts and you rectify it with diodes, and that that's the first phase of an inverter is a rectifier. It mm-hmm. takes the 230, rectifies it optimally to 310 volts DC. Exactly. 310 volts DC through some capacitors and what's called a reactor to t- kind of clip and yeah, make and the voltage up. as clean as and flat as possible. Right. And then you have these gates, um,
0: switches. Switches, basically.
1: IGBTs, insulated gate bipolar Bipolar transformers, (laughs) transistors, sorry. (laughs) And, uh, and all they're doing is turning off and on at a set speed. And that set speed, when you have a, you have your DC positive and your DC negative, um, you turn on the positive gate, you turn on a negative gate, you have a circuit. Yeah. And then you flip them and the same gates, you flip them and now you have your positive below and your negative on top and you create a sine wave. So you just alternate up and down on those insulated gate transformers and you can create a sine
0: wave. Exactly. Now so it's a simulated sine wave.
1: It's a simulated sine wave. You don't just turn on and off. These transformers, they have, they're time-based transistors. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They they're time based, so the longer they stay on, the more voltage is allowed to pass. Applied. And you can also turn them on a little bit. You apply smaller voltage, mm-hmm. you get a you get some leak through. You apply full voltage, you get the full 310 volts. Okay. So you can stagger them on. Mm-hmm. So you go, you go uh, slight voltage, a little bit higher, a little bit higher. You get that, you get that uh, nice slow opening.
0: Nice light. And then
1: you have your nice slow. Uh, closing, Mm -hmm. and you alternate that, and then you have your nice smooth sine wave instead of a square sine wave. Because that's when we first had them, that's what we had. We had slower uh, processors, Mm -hmm. and so we can only do on and off. And the speed of our uh, transistors, our processors, uh, dictated that. Okay. Now we have faster and better electronic components, Yes, and we can go a lot quicker stages okay so we have that nice smooth sine wave and you get six of these sets right you get your three phase and so on a motor on a compressor you have u v and w yeah,
0: our three phases
1: you have a u positive and you have a u negative igbt of on our the gates. board okay. you have a v positive u negative w positive w negative okay and so it just alternates those gets your speed gets your voltage. Mm-hmm. also is modulated so that way when you're running at a slower speed you have the right amount of voltage to still have the proper torque yeah, motor.
0: the torque load right
1: and so it's just doing that it's it's not it's not sci-fi yeah exactly it's, it's
0: just something new
1: it's something new
0: yeah absolutely
1: and and testing a compressor is no different than testing a three-phase um a house uh, uh, system blower. Yeah, exactly. If you have a big three-phase motor, three-phase pump, yeah. three-phase anything same that you've
0: resistance between
1: windings? 20-30 years ago. Yeah. You just ohm out your windings. On most compressors, they're very low resistance. It is. Hardly ever over 2 ohms. Yeah. And the key is, I don't care what the resistance is. I don't have it spec'd out on any of my products. Mhm. As long as they're the same.
0: As long as they're the same. We're running identically.
1: Yeah. So you disconnect off the terminals, mm-hmm. you ohm them out. U, V, W, three, three readings, under two ohms, and matching, compressor's good.
0: Absolutely. So let's say, let's just talk about, let's say a duckless mini split for a minute, right? So we I have love those. Oh, I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's why we're having this conversation. You, uh, you're a very intriguing person, and, and I love talking to you about this because you have a very good way of simplifying the operation of a duckless mini split. So let's think about the primary components of our outdoor unit, and let's visualize, let's mentally visualize how each of these components are operating, how they're responding.
1: So you have your compressor. You have your outdoor fan motor. And your other load that a lot of people don't think about is your expansion valve. Yeah. On a mini-split, those expansion valves, your metering device is on the outdoor unit. Yep. So everything's out, outside. Yep. And those three units, those three components, are really isolated components yep. doing their own thing. Absolutely. You have your compressor. Your compressor's responsibility is, of course, pump refrigerant yeah, throughout the, the system. Pump.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And its happy point is a cool shell. Right. It wants to stay cool. So the hotter the load inside, the hotter refrigerant coming back to the uh, to the compressor, so it's going to run faster to get cool refrigerant back to itself mm-hmm. to stay cool. Your and that, that's that's all that compressor speed is doing.
0: I know it's kind of crazy when you I'm think
1: simplifying about that. it. Yeah, I, no no no. True. This is what we want. <laughs> it, it is a very over, it might be oversimplification, but that is in the logic. Yeah. The compressor speed is really dictated by how hot the compressor is.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: It doesn't care about the indoor temperature. It right. knows the indoor temperature because of how hot the refrigerant yeah. coming back is.
0: Yeah. It's not the thermostat telling it how fast to run. Exactly. Big misconception in the industry.
1: It's your discharge sensor on yep. your compressor. It wants to stay cool. It stays cool by speeding up. Right. And then pumping you,
0: more refrigerant
1: uh-huh. through the pump. And then your outdoor fan motor is variable speed as well. Mm-hmm. And it's going to try to keep a certain temperature. On the so coil. that way your saturation levels are maintains. proper coming out. Exactly. And, uh, and so that's going to speed up and slow down depending Based on... Based
0: on the temperature of the
1: coil. Exactly. Yeah. So low charge is going to cause the fan to go slow.
0: <laughs> sure.
1: You're, it's not going to go faster. It wants to build up the heat. And if there's not enough refrigerant in the system, the fan's going to slow down. To build up the heat.
0: Okay, so the fan can be running at a disproportional speed of the compressor. Uh-huh. And it's because they're running fairly isolated from each other. Yeah.
1: So, uh, and then you have your expansion valve. Yep. Your expansion valve is really also looking at the temperature of the return mm-hmm. and the temperature of the supply of your refrigerant. Yeah. And so it's going to modulate. It's going to open and close.
0: Do what a metering device likes to do. It's
1: going (laughs) to try to keep that calculated superheat.
0: Yeah, we get superheat. It does exactly what every metering device has ever done.
1: And the odd thing is, it's in the outdoor. So technically, from your from your service port back to the service port, that is your evaporator, and that's why it's critical system. That's why you insulate both lines. Yeah, Yeah. you want to minimize your heat loss uh, loss. from your outdoor unit Mm -hmm. back. And so the expansion valve is going to open and close to keep that temperature. Right. So you have those three components working in concert with each other, mm-hmm. trying to maintain a, uh, a harmonic um, cooperative system. Yeah. And so if you run into a charge issue, your compressor is going to go faster because it's going to get hot. Yeah. And your amp draw might drop because the load, load. goes away. Mm-hmm. Your expansion valve is going to open up too far, because the temperature difference is not going to be there. Mm-hmm. So your expansion valve is start going to open almost full. Yeah. Your fan, outdoor fan, is going to slow down, because there's no refrigerant to build heat no on the coil. No temperature there. Yeah. And so, one thing that's really nice um, with uh, with some diagnostic tools, you can see those three components. Right. When you understand the system. You can see what is my amp draw? What's my compressor speed? What's my discharge temperature? Is it too hot? What's my expansion valve? That is a good sign. All indicators of a of performance. Of an of a issue. Yeah. If I have a 700 step EEV and I'm running over 600 steps, there's something wrong with this system. It should never get that high. Yeah, exactly. Very but yeah. Cool. It, when you learn what those three components are trying to do, Individually, to work together to create a cool indoor, mm-hmm. you can understand how to see the operating system.
0: I love it. Love it. Simplified to a point where we take out some of the demystification, talk about the future of our industry, because we are definitely moving towards inverter technology, and many people are afraid because they don't understand the operation. When we talk about inverters, many people, many people have told me that there's no sequence of operation on an inverter or a mini split. I'm like, are you kidding me? Everything has a sequence of operation. Everything does, yeah. You know, we don't have inputs without or don't have outputs without inputs. So, what they are doing, they are working very independent to form a complete operating system. So, when we're looking at our particularly in this scenario our ductless inverter, we're looking at three different scenarios all operating simultaneously, so we have sequences to look at for each one. So, Take the time, learn a little bit about the changes in our industry, and welcome to the future of inverters.
1: It, it's great. Uh, it's wonderful, and it's here to stay. It's 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 something that we have to embrace and yes, understand and, and work with. And when you know the systems, you're going to be able to increase that profit because you're going to minimize your returns. You're going to minimize your guessing.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: That's the biggest problem is the guessing. Yeah. How many boards have been replaced? It, it's disproportionate.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: There's so many boards being replaced for no reason other than the technician doesn't understand what the system's doing, and so it has to be the board.
0: You know, we run into this topic quite often uh, in the commercial. Applications in the commercial HVAC industry, the replacement parts ratio is somewhere around six to seven percent. When we get into the residential side, now we're getting up over sixty percent. What's the difference between the residential and the commercial?
1: The the, the skill level of technician. <laughs> that's it. Yeah,
0: and that's what we're here for is to help simplify these things that are changing in our industry and just bring you closer to the future of technology. Thanks, Kyle.
1: Hey, it was fun. It was a blast. <laughs> Thank you.